This week on Dream Team Fantasy, we talk about the NFC South, our draft strategies, and our week three preseason pick. This episode of Dream Team Fantasy is brought to you by Thunder Drain. If you're in the greater Rochester area and in need of a plumber, text or call Chris at Thunder Drain. It's 585-500-1177. Welcome. Another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. I'm Nick Morrow alongside Tyler Syracuse. What up, T? What's going on? If he sounds funny, that's because he's on vacation. Uh, so we got a call in this episode. Where are you at? I am currently chilling by the pool in Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, it's been pretty nice here. Just been hanging out on the beach, um, playing some tennis, playing some mini golf, drinking a little bit. So nice relaxing week. Is it vacation, or are you there for something? Uh, I'm down here with my fiance and her family, so just uh, the 17th to the 24th, so a little week getaway. boy. Um, all right, let's get to it. A uh, couple headlines here. First one, uh, we'll talk about AB and this whole helmet issue. Um, do you think he's – is he dropping for you um, as far as his ADP? Um you know, and has he ruined his relationship with the Raiders, you think, already before the season even starts? No, I think it's a, still a good chance to buy him. Uh, I'm a little, as I said, I'm a little biased towards him because he's my guy. But I think everyone just is, like, so sick of him that they don't even want to draft him. So a lot of times he's falling out of the top ten, and I think that's a pretty good spot to take him. Um, I'd still take him over guys like Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. And I'm I'm starting to see those guys get drafted above him. I'm really not too concerned. I think he's going to be out there. And I know, despite all the issues he he's had, he still has a good relationship with the coach. And I think that's the the biggest factor. And, and as far as the GM goes, you know, with telling him AB, you're either all in or you're all out. Um, I, you think that relationship? You think that was on purpose? You think they're doing kind of like a good cop, bad cop kind of thing with between him and Gruden? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, it kind of seems that way, and, and it's been nonstop. It seems like it's almost uh, a show at this point, but I'm not I'm not worried about his fantasy value at all. Okay. Um, next headline is Josh Gordon getting reinstated. I mean, the guy's a freak athlete. Don't get me wrong. Um, fun to watch. Talent is through the roof. I, it just – I don't know how many chances this guy's going to get. It seems like he has a serious problem. Um, you know, if any team can really bring him back to life, you got to think it's the Patriots, but they couldn't even do that last year. Um, so it, it sounds like he, he might be out in the field week one, which would be huge. Um, I think that bumps Brady's value up as well because Brady's stats when Gordon was on the field last year are, you know, are better. Um, and, and Gordon just makes – the team better and they're desperate for a wide receiver. Yeah, it's definitely going to boost Brady up and I think the Patriots overall are going to be better with Josh Gordon out there just because he's such an athletic guy and they didn't really have a deep threat before uh, him coming back. 
for his current ADP, I think uh, he, he's um, obviously he's like way up. He's way back now, but I would probably draft him as like the 25th receiver off the board. So I'm taking him after guys like Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, and uh, uh, who are some other guys in that range. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he, he's definitely jumped up there for me. I, I think that um, his talent is just, you know, too too high to ignore. And I just hope that, you know, if I do get any shares of him, that it pans out and he can kind of get it together this year finally. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely, got, he's definitely got top 10 upside. It's just, you know, if he gets drug tested in week four and, and there's marijuana system again. He's going to be done. So I mean, you got to think they're going to be drug, they're going to be four. they're going to be drug testing him all the time. I feel like I mean yeah. they have to. And I, I think there's going to be certain people in the league that are just totally fed up with him and won't draft him just because of all the issues he's had. But at, at a certain point, he becomes worth the risk. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it, it, I, I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like if he can really put together a full 16 game season. I mean, the kind of numbers he'd pull, he'd put up would be interesting to see. Um, all right, let's get to it. NFC South today. We got the Falcons, the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Saints. Um, we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Matt Ryan last year actually finished QB number two in fantasy and if it weren't for Mahomes, I mean, he would have been QB number one. And I think a lot more people would be talking about him and he'd be going a lot higher than he currently is. Um, I think where his draft stock is right now, I mean, he's a steal in my eyes. I don't know what you're feeling if you have any shares of Ryan this year. Yeah, I got some Eddie. He's going as QB five. Uh, he definitely has a safe floor. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about his ceiling this year. I think he definitely hit that last year because the Falcons were so depleted at the running back position and their defense was pretty bad, so they were constantly passing. Um, the Falcons actually finished uh, 30 in rush attempts, so so they're extremely pass-heavy, and I, I think they're going to try to become more balanced this year. That's my only concern is that his volume is going to be down. But they do have 13 games where they're playing indoors in domes, yeah, so they don't they don't play like an outdoor game until like week thirteen or something like that. Crazy. Yeah, so that's huge. Him and Julio should should be lighting it up in the dome. Yeah, and Julio, you know, he's always questionable. He's always on the injury report, but he'll be out there every week. Um, you know, the issue last year was he wasn't getting into the end zone, but towards the end of the year, he really turned it on and. Uh, he was fine in the end zone, and he just—I mean—he's a freak, and he's a fantasy stud. So, the guy I'm most interested in, I think, on the Falcons is Devontae Freeman. He's going as RB17. I just think that's such a steal. If this guy stays healthy, he's got a great chance to finish in the top 12 at running back. He has no competition behind him. I know they have like Eo Smith and Brian Hill, and, and there's one other guy there that. They're fighting for reps, but I mean, he should be the total workhorse. And uh, they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. And I think, like I said, they're going to try to get back to, to running the ball more. And he can catch passes too. So I think he's a steal right now. Yeah, with Tevin Coleman going to San Fran, I, I think that definitely opens it up for Freeman. In the beginning of the season, I was kind of worried that maybe Ito would uh, dig into some of his touches, but he's looked like shit this preseason. I, yeah. I, just, I just don't know if I trust Freeman. 
um, with a three down back workload as far as staying healthy and on the field. Um, you know, if he can, he's had, some, he's had some soft tissue injuries, which are concerning, but he's still a younger guy. So I think, uh, definitely if he can stay healthy then he's going to pay it off for you. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see how he does this year. Um, I'll probably get a couple shares of him in some drafts, but he's definitely someone I'm keeping an eye on, um, in the running backs, uh, wide receiver, Julio, Cal- Calvin Ridley and Sanu. Um, you know, Ridley's been questionable with a hamstring. Julio's had his foot issue. Um, a stat on Sanu last year, um, 1.5% of drop passes last season. That's a minimum of 50 targets. So, I mean, when the guy throws up, when Ryan hits him with a ball, he's, he's catching it most of the time, if not all the time. It's just there's a lot of mouths to feed on this wide receiver corpse. Obviously, Julio is going to be the guy to take. Are you interested in Ridley at all? Yeah, so Ridley's one of those guys who I'd still take Josh Gordon over. Uh, Ridley's going at wide receiver 24, so I'd, I'd probably take Gordon a couple spots ahead of Ridley. I know Ridley scored 10 touchdowns last year, but there could definitely be some regression there. I know he had some huge games against the Saints, and um, the targets really weren't there. And then it's also important to note that he really isn't seeing the field yet in two wide receiver sets. It's still Julio and Sanu. I know they go 11 personnel a lot, so that means their receivers want tight end. But um, he's still struggling to get out there when it's just the two wide receivers. So I think that's going to hurt his floor and his ceiling. Yeah, he's going to be – I don't know if I'm going to have any shares of him. I just don't know if I trust him. Like you said, 10 touchdowns last season, but – I feel like a lot of them were lucky touchdowns, um, and he had those like you know big games that kind of padded his stats and made it look like he had a good season. But um, yeah. you know, there were for most of the time he was a ghost and didn't do anything. So, um, and then Austin Hooper, tight end. I, I don't know how I feel about hoops this year. He 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 could be someone to target for a tight end too. Uh, even a starter, really, he could be a sleeper at the tight end position. Yeah, he's going tight end twelve. I'm really just not interested in Austin Hooper at all. He just he doesn't have any floor, and like you said, they have too many mouths to feed. Or he, I'm sorry, he has a a safe floor, but he just doesn't have any ceiling. He's never going to have blow up games, and he's just really not what I'm looking for at all at that position. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good tight ends this year that I'd rather have probably than Austin Hooper. So. I would just rather wait and draft. Uh, I would wait and draft Jordan Reed or Delaney Walker. You know, wait a couple rounds to get those guys. Yeah, agreed. Um, last year they ranked fifth in pass attempts, thirtieth uh, in rush attempts, and fifth in yards per play. Um, they have the sixth toughest schedule this season, um, so that's going to be interesting. Their over under is nine. Um, and Mark, they've either tied or exceeded just twice in the last, last six seasons. The over is plus 136, and the under is minus 164. And what site are you looking at for that? Yeah, that one's for uh, Bookie Maker. Okay. I got eight and a half over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, and eight and a half, the over is minus 135. And then for the division, they're uh, plus 350. Yeah, I, I mean, if you get it at nine, would have you taken them at all for an under? I mean, or eight and a half, are you staying away from it? Uh, so eight and a half, I'm going over. I, I think their defense is going to get healthy. 
I know they were missing a ton of guys last year. Uh, Devontae Freeman looks healthy. Matt Ryan should be more comfortable in, in the system. As much as we don't really like Ridley for fantasy, I think he's a good actual wide receiver, and he's definitely going to help out the team. Um, yeah, I mean, I like eight and a half. I think nine is, is pretty likely, so I wouldn't bet either way on nine, but if you could get over eight and a half, that's the number I would jump in on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with all the dome games that they're playing, um, you know, Matt Ryan's a good NFL quarterback. You know, with that three-headed monster at wide receiver plus Hooper and then Freeman in the backfield, I mean, they got a pretty good explosive offense that could win some games for him. So, yeah, eight and a half if you get it. I like the over um, nine, probably no bet for me. Um, and next. I think the, the best bet actually would be for the division plus 350 because I really don't think they're they're much worse at all than New Orleans. And New Orleans like a massive favorite at minus 180. So if you think Atlanta has a reasonable chance to get more wins than New Orleans, plus 350 is a, a pretty good value in my eyes. Yeah, we'll take a look at the, uh, the division winner once we go through all these teams here. Um, let's go to the Carolina Panthers next. Uh, Cam Newton coming off the shoulder injury. Um, he looks good in camp. Everyone says he looks good. They look explosive with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Uh, Greg Olson back for another year. And obviously one of the top running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey um, behind Cam here. I like I like the Panthers this year. Uh, Fantasy-wise and just as a team NFL-wise, um, I like Cam as a sleeper, maybe even a possible MVP candidate. Um, McCaffrey is climbing up my board. The more that Zeke sits out here um, and the more that I just realize that the Giants are not good, um, McCaffrey just keeps climbing up for me. And then DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, I can't really decide on which one I'd like to target. They're both kind of going around the same ADP. So it's almost flip a coin, pick your poison. Um, what are you thinking on the Panthers this year? Uh, I'm pretty conflicted on them because I've never really thought much of Newton as an NFL quarterback. He's he's a tremendous fantasy player based on his rushing stats. And I know uh, just six weeks ago, two months ago, he was going as like QB 14, QB 15, which was crazy because I think people are concerned with his off-season shoulder surgery. But from all accounts, he's looked healthy in – the training programs, they said his deep ball is back. Um, Curtis Samuel has probably been the most hyped up player this entire offseason. Um, so for his ADP, he's going as wide receiver 33 compared to DJ Moore's 22. So for me, I'd rather just take the cheaper guy. I think they could both potentially break out, but at the same time, I don't think both of them will. So I'd rather just go with the cheaper guy. And then uh, McCaffrey's RB2 ADP, I think that's pretty warranted. Um, for me, I'd have Kamara number one and McCaffrey two. But um, in every league, or just a PPR one. league, I'd go Kamara number one for uh, any kind of league. Wow, that's bold. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty pretty high on Kamara. Yeah. I just think he he's going to lead the league in touchdowns. I know it was early last year, and, and Kamara was probably number two. He had like 15 touchdowns. He averages over a touchdown a game. And I know we'll get to the Saints a little bit, but I just, I, I love Kamara. Yeah, I, I, back to the Panthers here. Um, you know, the offense, this is a second year with North Turner. 
Um, they should be more familiar with that. And also they've bolstered their offensive line. This is probably the best offensive line that Cam's ever had in front of him. Um, even better when they went to the Super Bowl. At last year, 6-2 and two, until Cam got injured. Um, I just feel like they're going to be a team, a sleeper team. Um, they're going to put up some points on the board. Their defense is good and, you know, could be a, you know, could be a Super Bowl team. Cam could be an MVP sleeper. Um, I like, I like the Panthers here, but they're, they're just, there's a lot of mouths to feed again with the wide receivers, Greg Olson, Christian McCaffrey, um, and obviously Cam's going to get his. He's going to run. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to take the ball at the goal line. So it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, but I'm definitely going to try and get my share of uh, some Panther players this year. So I wanted to ask you because this division's pretty loaded for fantasy guys and uh, quarterbacks too. Where? Uh, how would you rank the quarterbacks in this division for fantasy? I think Cam Newton might be my um, last pick, actually. <sighs> That's tough. Because um, Matt Ryan's, Matt Ryan's. I mean, he's, he was number two last year. I think he would be my number one. I think Jameis is just totally going to light it up, so he'd probably be my number two. And then Breeze and Cam is close. I just don't think Cam is going to run as much, and I think they're really going to rely on McCaffrey in the red zone and even uh, hand off to like DJ Mark or uh, Curtis Samuel because they do those end rounds a lot. And if he's not getting the rushing production, then I think Drew Brees could easily finish above him as well. Yeah, from a fantasy aspect, I'd probably put Winston as number one. Um, and we'll get uh, to the, yeah, we'll get to the Bucks in a minute. I just like what Bruce Arians done with quarterbacks, and you know where Winston's at, you know contract year and everything. I'd probably go Matt Ryan or Cam too. Um, it's a close finish, and, and then. I guess Breeze four. Um, I just don't know. I mean, eventually he's got to regress. I know we've said this about Brady for how many years, but I just feel like, you know, like you said, Kamara's going to get a ton of touches. Um, and I just, for a fantasy aspect, I mean, Breeze is probably the most talented out of all of them, but um, for a fantasy aspect, I, I, I think I'd go with uh, Winston number one. Yeah, and I think all four can easily finish in the top 10. They're top 12. It's a, it's a pretty good division for quarterbacks. Yeah, it's a really good division just all around, honestly, just looking at it. I mean, that's a really tough division. Um, I don't yeah. think I don't think Tampa's going to be a pushover. I don't think they're going to be great, but I don't think they're going to be a pushover. Um, but uh, back to the Panthers, they, they've done a team that, so Cam Newton's ADP really uh, started to climb as, as the reports uh, were positive on his shoulder. But they're a team in general that they're over under is climbed as well. I know a couple months ago they were sitting at seven wins in, in Vegas and people really didn't know which way to go because they didn't know the help of, of their stud quarterback and they have no depth behind them. Uh, currently I had them at seven and a half and the over was minus one sixty. So people are really, really starting to butt and believe in Carolina to get at least eight wins. Yeah. Um Last year, they ranked 15th in pass attempts, 12th in rush attempts, and 8th in yards per play. They were 3-7 and seven in one-score games, and I, I think that, that could definitely turn for the better. Um, you know, like I said, 6-2 and two before Cam got hurt. I saw their win total 8 today. Honestly, if I got it at 7.5, I would hammer the over. I, I, I think they're going to be a 9-10 win team. Um, like I said, their offensive line is the best Cam's ever had in front of them. 
He should have plenty of time. Um, McCaffrey should be running like an animal. And their defense is good. It's underrated with Keekley in the middle there, and it's good. It's going to be a good defense that's going to hold their own. So, yeah, if I, I have it at eight, um, and the stat I have on it is a mark they've beaten in only three of Cam Newton's eight years as a starter, which doesn't, you know, boast well for me taking the over. But at seven and a half, I, I would definitely t- hammer the over. Yeah, seven and a half. So I think it's important, too, to look at when you're betting the over-unders, you want to look at the range of outcomes that these teams have. I think, for me, the, the Panthers would most likely end up in that seven to nine win range. So I think over seven and a half would be a good bet because you get, um, if you think eight or nine compared to seven, there's there's two of those numbers and those range of outcomes compared to the one that's below it. So it's kind of easy math to, to figure out if it's a good bet or not. And um, yeah, over eight and a half, or over seven and a half would would probably be an over bet for me. But if it's eight, I probably just wouldn't touch it because then um, I could kind of see either way there yeah I, I could see I, I think eight wins is their floor so I like eight um but I could see them winning 10 maybe 11 games this year so um all right so on to the Saints um we talked about Breeze we talked about Camara. um you know Michael Thomas last year had an unbelievable year uh led the NFL in receptions at 125 um 85 percent catch rate career high in yards, uh, yards per target, and he's in his prime. I mean, he's a top five wide receiver, easy. Um, Breeze, he's barely finished as a top 10 QB scorer in each of his last two years. Um, 234.5 yard average and 7-5 TD to INT ratio over his final six games last year, including the playoffs. And you can look at it however you want. Um, you know, is he going to digress? Is he going to, you know, stay the same? Is he going to be more explosive? I, I'm having a hard time with Breeze. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on him. So watching the film, I really don't think he's a guy that's um, lost anything. I know there were some concerns over his arm strength towards the second half of the season and in the playoff game. I think he maybe did do something to his shoulder, but from an accuracy standpoint, he was still as accurate as they come. I know he's done over 70% the last couple of years. He just always puts it in a spot where his receivers can get it as a defense can't. Um, so I'm really not concerned that he's going to fall off too much. To me, it's just a concern more for volume because they've been so run heavy the last year, year and a half. And uh, they got a great offensive line and they really like to rely on uh, on the two backs that they had there last year, Ingram and Kamara, this year it'll be Latavius Murray and Kamara. So I, I don't think he's fallen off, but I think volume would be more of a concern for me. Yeah, I mean, one guy I'm extremely high on is Murray this year. Um, his ADP is rising, but I still think it's too low for his value, um, and I'm getting as many shares of Murray as I can. Um, he's going from one of the worst offensive lines to, like you said, one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, there's a ton of uncounted for carries after Ingram left, and he's just goal line gold. I mean, I think he's going to take away some goal line carries from Kamara, and he's going to get those touchdowns. So in the non-PPR leagues, um, he's a great value, a great, a great pick because he's going to get in the end zone. 
and he's a big guy. And I think he's going to dig into Kamara a little bit. And that's my only concern with Kamara. Um, Lash, he, he, I mean, the guy just is an animal, but Murray digging into Kamara just drops me, drops him down in my rankings just a little bit. Yeah, I think that's where most people are at because Kamara really lived off those 18, 19 touches compared to the 23, 24, 25 that Zeke, Barkley, and uh, CMC get. So I know it's simple math to just, you know, you want the volume in fantasy football. You you want the guys that get the ball more. But with Kamara, he's just shown that he's so efficient with his touches that I think he can, even with the lowest um, projection for touches, I think he could still finish pretty easily as the RB1. And um, I think Latavius Murray still has value as well. But assuming the, the Saints will stick with their run-heavy approach, I think they could... I mean, Kamara and Latavius can both pay off their price tag, and, and what that would do is it would hurt Drew Brees. So he's going as QB 12. Um, for me, I mean, if you're going to take Brees, I would just have another quarterback and just start Drew Brees in all the home games or all the games that are in the dome because he's consistently shown that he puts up way better stats playing in a dome compared to playing on grass. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Um, I think... With that Kamara Murray doublehead monster here, uh, I think it's definitely a takeaway from Breeze throwing the ball. Uh, Kamara, 32 all-purpose touchdowns through 31 regular season games and over 80 receptions in each, each of his first two seasons. So, I mean, the guy is just a, a freak, and he's just he gets the touches. Um, at tight end, Jared Cook, they bring in this year. Everyone's raving about him. I actually heard it on the radio today. Um, he's been Breeze's like go-to guy in camp, um, in the red zone especially. Was a Raiders uh, top pass catcher last year. He had career high in targets, catches, yards, touchdowns, and he's playing with a better QB and uh, Breeze. So I don't I don't know how I feel about Cook either. This is another tough one. Um, are you have any shares of Cook? Are you interested in all? Yeah, so he's going to tight end seven. I think that's a, a pretty good spot for him because I obviously wouldn't take him above the top three or Evan Ingram or um, Hunter Henry. So you can make a case for him versus Vance McDonald. I'd probably lean McDonald, but I would want shares of both of them. And, um, I mean, he could very easily be the third option for Gerbrees, and he's a big guy. And um, I think... It's been the case a lot. You've seen it over and over again. It takes a lot of years for a lot of these tight ends to develop. I know uh, Delaney Walker is probably another good example where he really didn't start producing fantasy numbers until his early 30s. And Jared Cook's been pretty similar. He was always known as a guy that was athletic and he had all the potential when he was drafted um, either by the Rams or the Titans. I can't remember, but those were the first two teams he played for. And then he went over to Oakland, and he's picked it up a lot the last couple of years. And, yeah, now he's playing the Drew Brees, great offense. He'll, he'll have the chance to, to score a lot of touchdowns, so I don't mind Greg Cook at all. Uh, top 10 in points scored in eight straight years for the Saints. So, I mean, they're just a high-flying offense. Um, and definitely some, some players on here that you need to get on your fantasy team uh, one way or another. Uh, 23rd. One stat I wanted to mention was that overall, 
the last seven years, the Saints as a team, their running backs for fantasy points have finished in the top two seven years in a row. So they've either been first or second. So that's just another case to, to buy both Mark or, uh, Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I'm going to try and get as much of them as I can. Um, 23rd ranked in pass attempts last year, uh, fifth in rush attempts, and seventh in yards per play. Uh, they were five and two in one score games last year. Projected win total, I got 10 and a half um, after winning 13 of 11 the past two seasons. So, mm, 13 and 11, excuse me, 13 wins, 11 wins the past two seasons. Um, 10 and a half, the over plus 134, the under minus 162. What do you got for their over under? I definitely wouldn't bet under because I, I still think they're a really strong team. They got a decent defense. They got a great offensive line. They got good coaching. They got a good quarterback. They really have everything they're looking for. I think the only concern would probably be their uh, second wide receiver option. So they, they have Shaquan Smith, uh, ADP 59, and Ted Jr., ADP 83. So I don't think they really trust either of those guys, but that's just more reason to like Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Jared Cook. Uh, but for the over-under, it would probably be a stay away. I, I could definitely see them winning 11 games, but I would never bet. I, w- I wouldn't bet the under. I guess I would give a lead to the over if you could get plus odds on it. Yeah, and I'm not interested in Ginn or Smith at the wide receiver position. So, um, yeah, I'm staying away from both of them. Uh Final team in this division, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, bringing in a new coach. Uh, like I said before, Winston's contract year. Um, Bruce Arians' final two Cardinals offenses, each ranked top five in plays per game. So it's going to be a fast-paced, high-tempo offense. Um, finished 2018 strong with a 13-4 to TD to INT ratio, 64.4% completion rate, and 7.9 yards per attempt over um, the final seven games and was a fantasy QB9 during that stretch. Um, It's going to be a pass-heavy offense, I think, and they have the league's softest schedule against pass defenses. So that makes me really like Winston. Um, Like I said, I think he's number one QB in this division. Just for those facts that I just rattled off, um, I'm pretty high on him. If I don't get – I mean, I haven't really been getting Mahomes or um, Watson just because I'm waiting on a quarterback and Winston's kind of been my go-to guy late in the draft. Um, What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, so this is really a team that I've been all in on throughout the entire offseason for fantasy purposes. One thing I like to look at is teams that have – a chance to be a top five slash top 10 offense while at the same time being a bottom five slash bottom 10 defense. And they're definitely a candidate this year because they're going to be extremely pass heavy. And then at the same time, their defense is going to be just horrible. So like you said, they're going to, they're going to run up tempo. They're going to, they're going to be aggressive. Uh, Bruce Arians likes to throw the ball deep. Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball deep. And then we haven't even mentioned all the weapons that they have with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard. Jameis Winston has no competition behind him anymore. Fitzmagic's gone off to, to Miami. Well, you're not, you don't think there. Blaine Gabrick could take over some time? <laughs> oh, God, he's awful. <laughs> and then the running backs are Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. 
So I mean, it's just all. Yeah, I'm not. Go I'm not even game. interested in any of the Bucks running backs at all. None. I don't. Yeah, have... they're going to. They're going to 43 and 45. Ronald Jones is going a couple spots above Barber. I'd rather just take Barber. Um, I know there's a report that came out today that um, Ronald Jones is dealing with some deep swelling. So, I mean, if you could get Barber, like, you know, 14, 15, 16th round, and he's the starting running back, he might be able to squeak out the value for you. But I'm just all in on, on the passing game. The guy I've been mostly grabbing, and he's my highest selling wide receiver in basketball drafts, is Chris Godwin. So, a couple months ago, he was still going in the 20 range. Now he's all the way up to wide receiver 15, which I think is where he belongs, uh, one spot after Stefan Diggs. So, I mean, he's just a total stud. Uh, he went to Penn State. Um, so they lost Adam Humphreys is the reason why Chris Godwin wasn't getting playing time last year, which I thought was crazy because every time Humphreys was out and Godwin was in, Godwin produced pretty good numbers. So he's finally going to get that opportunity. He's going to be playing in the slot so he can play that Larry Fitzgerald role for the Bruce Arians offense. And that's been a, a very uh, effective role for fantasy. And I, I think he's going to have a great chance to be a top 15 fantasy player this year. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald tallied 300 catch seasons for Arizona um, under Arians. So, yeah, I like that stat. Um, and I like Godwin in the slot. And no DJ either. Uh, he's gone to Philly. So there, yep. there's a lot of targets to be had um, between Evans and Godwin. Um that I really like Mike Evans. The more I listen, the more I watch film, the more I just get excited about this Bucks offense. Um, Evans keeps climbing up my board. Um, he's finished top five in the NFL in air yards in each of his last four seasons. Um, five straight thousand yard seasons to start his career. Career high in yards, yards per catch, catch rate, and yards per target last season. And He's in his prime. So, to me, Mike Evans is – I'm very high on Evans this year. Um, where do you have him in your rankings? So, he's going as wide receiver eight. I think it's pretty warranted. The only guy I would take above him would be Antonio Brown. I think I'm drafting Brown as the wide receiver eight. And then I would take Evans right in that nine spot. So, he's still above T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Thielen, Diggs, and Keenan Allen. And I think that's pretty warranted. And, and he's got breakout potential, too. Um, I know Chris Godwin's getting all the hype because he's kind of like the new toy and, and everyone wants him because he's finally got that opportunity to go out there. But, I mean, Mike Evans has, has been with Jameis Winston for the last several years, so they should have developed some chemistry. And Mike Evans is also a bigger guy, so you'd think he might get more chances to score touchdowns. But... For me, it's, it's all systems go. You could even stack, grab Jameis Winston later on. You could get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and just hope that Jameis throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game and you'll be looking good. Yeah, and it could happen. I mean, it honestly could. With I mean, their defense is bad, um, and, and they're going to have to throw the ball to play catch-up and to win games. And like we had talked about before, Bruce Arian runs a high-tempo offense. Um, and I think Winston's really going to be slinging it this year. Um, and then the tight end position with OJ Howard, he began his career with consecutive seasons above 11 yards per target, uh, a feat that was never accomplished by Travis Kelsey or Ertz, um, and only once in nine seasons by Gronk. 
Uh, he's a vertical threat and a very vertical offense. He's a great blocking tight end. So I think he's easily going to be out there for all three downs. Um, I just, I have, I don't have any shares of him and I'm not sure why, because like we talked about very high in this Tampa Bay offense, but I just have not, I have not been, he hasn't fallen to me and it just hasn't been the time to take him in drafts that I've had. Um, all right. Do you have shares of OJ this year? I do have some OJ, um, not as much, nearly as much as Godwin or Evans. I just think it's because we're a little bit hesitant to draft him because we know that he's going to be the third option there. And when you're a third option, it's it's just not as safe of a pick. I know he's got the upside to, to be, you know, a top three tight end, but if the targets aren't there, he's not going to be able to, to get up there. I know he's got all the talent in the world, but it just comes down to targets. And if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin stay healthy, like I said, he's, he's going to be the, the third option. And I mean, he could still be top six, top seven, but it's just going to be really hard to hit a ceiling if, if he's not getting six, seven targets a game like the other guys are. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to get his, and I'm interested to see um, how he produces. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I got a couple more drafts coming up, so I'm definitely going to try and at least get one share of him. Um, because I do like where he's going and I like the offense that he's on. So last season they ranked fourth in pass attempts, 22nd in rush attempts, and fourth in yards per play. Um, four and seven in one score games last year. Uh, their win total, I got it at six, or I saw it yesterday at six and a half. Uh, number they've cleared once in the past six seasons. But Bruce Arians has topped six and a half wins in six of six years as an NFL head coach. So, uh, like I said, I mean, their defense is going to be bad. I mean, we both said their defense is going to be bad. But this offense has a ton of firepower to, God forbid, the defense could just keep them in a game. Uh, Six and a half. I like I, I like the over. I got the over at minus one hundred eight and the under at minus one twelve. So obviously, the players aren't sure which way to go either. It's a it's a great number for Vegas. Um, I like the over. I'm not. I don't love it, but I like it. Yeah. So for me, I would probably lean the under, uh, just because. I mean, we're extremely high on their offense, but part of that reason we're so high on them is because they're going to be in these shootouts and their defense is going to be so bad. So, I mean, it's completely different than fantasy. I don't think they're going to be a, a, a real good football team in general just because, I mean, I realistically, realistically think their defense is going to be the worst in the league between them and maybe Oakland. Um, they just have no pass rush. They have no secondary. Uh, Quan Alexander's always or their linebackers already dealing with uh, knee injuries. I think maybe Levante Davis, he had a off-season surgery. So, I mean, they're just going to give up too many points, and they're in a tough division. So, I think they're definitely going to finish last in the division. And if they finish last in the division, I think it's going to be pretty tough for them to get seven wins. Okay. Um, division winners, Falcons are at uh, plus 365. Panthers are at plus 415. The Bucks are at plus seventeen hundred, and the Saints are minus one sixty. Uh, I, I think Atlanta, Carolina, or New Orleans could win this division. 
I mean, it's a. Yeah. I think it's a coin toss. I think all three of them have a shot to take this division. Yeah, so for you, I think a good bet for you would be Carolina just because you're pretty high on them and you get pretty good odds. For me, I would lean Atlanta plus 350 seems like a pretty good number. I mean, I, I think New Orleans is definitely the best team, but I don't think they're that much better. And I think people are sleeping on Atlanta this year just because they dealt with so many injuries on both ends of the ball. I think they're a team that could definitely bounce back. I mean, they're a team that was just in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and, and were beating the Patriots 28-3. to three. They really have most of the same guys there. And uh, I think it's pretty good value, plus 350 uh for them to win the division yeah and with that you know starting the season or whatever with 13 dome games i mean fuck that favors them a lot uh especially that i mean that helps matt ryan a ton he he just strives in the dome just same as uh breeze yeah and the last thing i wanted to talk about was uh so i had a a a fantasy draft last night and i just wanted to mention a, a couple things about it so I don't know anyone in the league. Basically, I do those uh, survivor pool things in the Pick'em League. There's this one guy from Rochester who does a bunch of leagues. So I got in a couple hundred dollar PPR leagues. And uh, so anyways, it was a 12-man league. And I was looking through the scoring settings last night, and it was like totally like nothing I've ever seen before. Basically, you get an extra flex, but your flex could be a quarterback as well. But the interesting thing was that quarterbacks only get one point for every 30 yards passing. And then running backs and receivers get a point for every five yards rushing and receiving. So essentially running backs and receivers were getting double the points and quarterbacks were getting even lower than what they normally get. So as usual, I waited on a quarterback. I got Josh Allen in like the 15th round. He was the only quarterback I took. And then I just loaded up on running backs and receivers. I I grabbed uh, George Kittle in like the fourth round, which is a steal. And uh, the other thing was that they include return yards. So what I did is I Googled, you know, the the top returners from last year. So there was guys that I drafted. um, I would bump them up a couple spots. So I got Tyreek Hill. Obviously, he returns punts. I got Tyler Lockett, punt returner. And then I got James White, who returns kicks. And all those guys are pretty good for PPR, too. So I just wanted to mention that whatever league you're in, you really want to be careful of or pay attention to the scoring system and make sure you do your research and find the find the best picks for the specific league that you're in. Yeah, there's so many different leagues, uh, so many ways to put leagues together. You really should go and read the points, scoring, um, before your draft and kind of, you know, base your picks off of how your league scored. Um, you know, how many position, how many wide receivers, how many quarterbacks, is there a, you know, super flex like you had last night with the quarterback in the flex spot? Um, it, it's definitely important to, uh, to make sure you know how your league is ran before you get to the draft. And I think a lot of people didn't know what they were doing because quarterbacks were flying off the board in the first two, three rounds if quarterbacks are being undervalued, I know you have to start, or you could start two quarterbacks. You have to start one, but you could have another in the flex. Mm -hmm. But I'd rather have a wide receiver who gets eight catches for 80 yards because in this league, that would be 24 points. 
compared to a quarterback who needs to throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns to get 24 points. So I just thought it was a pretty good edge to wait on quarterback and just let other people take, you know, Rodgers and Watson and Mahomes in the first round. And I'm just sitting back and I, I still got a guy that I think will be pretty good in Josh Allen. Yeah. I, lo- I like that strategy a lot. Um, and you have a draft tonight, right? Do you know what uh, spot you're picking at? No, so the spots are like randomized, like 30 minutes before the the draft. It is the same uh, commissioner. It's the same commissioner. He does like a bunch of those leagues. Is it the so, same? Is it the same league? Same scoring and everything set up? Yeah, same scoring. So I'll be using the same strategy. Nice. Um, all right. So we have uh, one listener question for you. Um, Eh, a lot of people are probably wondering about this. Where are you drafting Zeke and Melvin Gordon right now, if you are drafting them at all? So Melvin Gordon, um, kind of soured on him. I'm I'm drafting him after guys like Sony Michelle. So for Gordon, he's like 25th range at running back. So I'd rather have like James White, Sony Michelle. After that, I would I would take Gordon. I'd give him a shot over guys like Rashad Penny, Latavius Murray, kind of in that range. Uh, for Zeke, I still think he's going to be there week one. I know there's only a couple weeks left. Um, we got the report that he flew back to Dallas, and then there's the whole Jerry Jones thing where he said Zeke too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think he's going to be there week one. And you could kind of you could kind of take him after David Johnson goes off the board is usually where I'll, I'll take him because obviously at the top three, and then someone's going to take David Johnson. Once someone takes David Johnson, I think that's where I would take Zeke. So he'd be the RB5 still. Yeah. And then if you do take Zeke, I think you should take Tony Pollard in one of the later rounds because he's insurance on Zeke if he were to hold out. And then I think Pollard might have standalone value as well because he's a really good pass catching back. And his player profile comp is actually Elvin Kamara. So he, he could be pretty good either way. Yeah, I, I think you need to take Pollard regardless. If you take Zeke, you need to take Pollard. Even if you don't take Zeke, I, I'm I like Pollard a lot. Uh, preseason, last preseason game, um, last weekend, he he was on the field for all 13 of uh, Dak Prescott's snaps. So they didn't even give Alfred Morris any any snaps with the first string or with uh, Dak. So I think they're high on Pollard and. Zeke worries me right now. I'm taking him at the turn and that's just where I feel comfortable with him. uh, is the turn. Uh, I'm taking guys before him if I'm six, seven, eight, but if I'm 10, 11, 12 around there, that that's where I feel comfortable taking him right now in these drafts. Yeah. It's about the same for me. That's a good spot. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's finish up. You got a, you got a pick for this, uh, preseason week three. I do have a pick. I didn't write it down, but I think I remembered it. Um, Our listeners are going to be very three. confident about this pick now. No, I already, I already <laughs> bet it, so I could look it up quick. Um, let me pull it up. Oh, I yeah, can't I mean, we're, we're like 3-1 and one in picks right now, <laughs> so if you guys aren't following us, uh, we post some picks, even the ones that we don't talk about on the air here. Um, we post some picks on our IG story. Facebook story. So uh, make sure to follow us or, you know, we're, we're posting picks. We're posting DFS plays, everything. All right. I can't, um, I'm not connected to Wi-Fi because I'm at the pool, so I can't pull it up. 
but I did I do remember it. It was a teaser actually. So a teaser is when you uh, you pick multiple teams, and you could do a six point teaser, six point five point teaser, seven point teaser, and then basically you add it to what side you want. So what I did, the Arizona Cardinals are playing at Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings are minus seven. So I did a six point five teaser, and I took Minnesota. So that brings it down to uh, minus uh, half a point. And then I took the Seahawks versus the Chargers. Took Seattle is minus three. So the six and a half uh, brings it to plus three and a half. And I just did a one unit bet on, on that. So basically my reasoning behind that was Kyler Murray looked terrible. And they're going to Minnesota. I just think that's going to be a, a tough defense for them to have success against. So I feel pretty good. Um, on the Vikings there. I, I think their defensive line is just going to abuse the, the Cardinals offensive line. And then the Chargers, I really want to fade the Chargers just because they have so many injuries right now, both on the offensive line. Uh, I'm not even sure Phillip Rivers will play. And uh, Pete Carroll is pretty notorious for wanting to win in the preseason. So I, I wanted to get in on Seattle as well. So 6.5 teaser went with Seattle and Minnesota. I like it. Yeah. Um, follow us on IG, on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, any other picks that we like, we'll post. Um, DFS plays that Tyler and I like this weekend. Um, some locks we'll post. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, subscribing. Tyler, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Hurry your ass back. See you next week. And uh, <laughs> right, we're out. Bye.